Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hey guys, welcome to episode 12 of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about flexible dieting. Now, you would have heard us talk about flexible dieting on our social media, in other podcasts, but we sort of realized, well, we haven't actually explained what it is, why we do it, and why it works for us. Yeah, so both Danny and I um, have been dieting flexibly, I guess, for (laughs) a number of years now, and it is our preferred method of dieting for both competing and everyday life in our maintenance. So yeah, I guess today is just here to chat about that and explain a bit more about what flexible dieting is. Yeah, and we're not here to be overly scientific and talk about all that stuff. It's based on personal experience and why we've chosen to do it. So let's start with what actually is flexible dieting? Yeah, well, what is it? So, I don't know. It's bloody awesome, that's for sure. (laughs) So basically, it is the nutritional philosophy that we all have a certain amount of protein, carbs, and fats required in our diet Mm. to achieve our body composition goals. Mm. Another name as well is if it fits your macros. You Mm. might have seen uh, rolling around on Instagram. And I guess this is where flexible dieting has got a bit of a bad reputation is that a lot of people think that it's just about eating burgers Mm. and cookies and things like that. But when we talk about flexible dieting, like what Danny said, it's just about understanding that calories, protein, carbs, and fats – they're all equal in our body and we're not talking about the micronutrients or everything. We're just talking about the calories and those macronutrients. Yeah. And it's not just applicable for an athlete. It's applicable for people in everyday life because mm. carbs, that's where we get our energy. Our brain needs carbs. It forms the glucose for us to function, mm. right? Fats help with hormone production and protein, muscle building, recovery, And it keeps us fuller for longer as well. Yeah, so regardless of whether you're trying to lose fat or build muscle or just live at maintenance calories, flexible dieting can be used by everyone and anyone because it's just a tool of understanding what that food looks like in terms of its breakdown with energy balance. Yeah, so this is actually the first dieting method that I actually tried. So I went from intuitive eating, which is just eating based on how you feel. If you're hungry, you eat. If you're full, you don't. Uh, straight into getting ready for a comp prep and flexible dieting was one of the tools. This was about four to five years ago. I've had little breaks in between, but only a couple of weeks and then always gone straight back to it. No matter if I'm losing weight, building muscle or just living life. Yeah. And I just want to, I guess, touch on that intuitive eating a bit because that is what most people do is in just eat. You know, you listen to your body. That's mm. essentially what it is. Uh, and what flexible dieting is really good at is making you better at being able to do that. So yep. understanding a bit more about energy balance and when you're hungry rather than just eating. You sort of learn the ins and outs. And it's a great educational tool to understand, you know, how much protein is in that meal, you know. Yep. What's the calorie um, requirement in that meal? And now I think... Both Danny and I could look at a plate and really break down the protein, carbs, and fats on there, couldn't we? It's yeah, it's a good and a bad thing. It is. You can't unsee what you're eating. (laughs) Yeah, you can't unlearn, unfortunately. Yeah, Uh, but yeah, it's a really useful tool, and I think most people could benefit from doing some sort of period of flexible dieting. Definitely. So, how long have you been doing flexible dieting, and what have you tried before? 
Um, so I've I'm <laughs> I've tried every diet under the sun. To be completely honest, I would say that low carb is probably what I used to always follow, and naturally okay. that's my style of eating. I do prefer to eat more higher fats. How come? I don't know. Like I've always just reached for the avocado over the apple. Mm, I just mm. personal preference. Um, maybe it was the way I was brought up as well. We, you know, grew a lot of our own produce and, mm. you know, rice and stuff just wasn't the thing that we, we ate. It was always just fresh produce and good fats and yep. lamb and roast and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but then I guess I started competing and I went down the route of meal plans. So I yep. had meal plans from my coach, which served me at the time and it was I guess a good stepping stone uh, but now I've definitely transitioned to flexible dieting and it's my preferred method and it's what's allowed me to continue this lifestyle yeah because that's the thing with meal plans is that they they can be useful and they can serve you at a certain point they can help you achieve a goal a specific goal mm. but at the end the meal plan has to stop it has to yeah. expire it has to run out and that's when flexible dieting is a really useful tool to understand and be able to implement yeah a meal plan is a good as you said stepping stone into further education but i feel like if someone's being handed a meal plan you have to be educated why and sometimes you got to take ownership to ask the person providing the plan go okay thank you why am i eating this today <laughs> thank you gotta you be polite this. thank you <laughs> look uh okay this is cool. rubbish. <laughs> why am i eating this food um yeah. is there what what are the methods behind this really educate yourself because you're not gonna take a piece of paper with your meal plan to the grave yeah. you're not gonna take it freaking to dinner i should have gone in a better order yeah. but you know what i mean <laughs> like dinner first dinner first yeah. but um you need to learn how to be flexible, so to speak, because it can cause a lot of stress and anxiety. Oh, oh my God, anxiety. this dinner's not in the meal plan. What do I do type thing? You should have seen me at work trying to eat a meal plan five oh. meals a day when I'm like, I get one break and, yeah. you know, and so breakfast has got to be at like 5 a.m. And, mm. you know, it just didn't serve me and suit my lifestyle. And I think most people, like a meal plan won't suit their forever lifestyle. Yeah. It will suit a period and motivation comes and goes. So yeah. when you're motivated for this, you know, eight-week shred challenge or whatever, yeah, you're going to stick and adhere to a meal plan. Yeah. But if you want to go out for Vietnamese, they're probably mm. not going to have pho on your meal plan. Yeah. So, like... Even no. though it's not a bad food, and that's the thing with flexible dieting. Yes. It's not good or bad food. It's just about making energy balance equal. And I think that's really important, a really important message to send across to you guys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So how have you found going from a meal plan to flexible dieting? Like, how has that improved your life? What are some of the positives? Obviously, with work and shift work, it's been um, a really, really nice thing to include just for the fact that now I have so much more time. I think when you're on a meal plan, especially when you're eating maintenance calories sometimes or a surplus, you can feel like you're just eating all the time. Mm. And I know a lot of people on a fat loss journey probably don't feel like that. No, the the, the dining people are going, what, I'm always hungry. But when you've (laughs) got to eat five, six times a day, you know, you have to take that time out. And it's why a lot of, um, I guess, highly successful business owners and stuff like that preach that fasting in the morning to get more done throughout the day or spacing. You know, you ever hear highly successful people on podcasts saying how they just eat one or two big meals? And then you look at their rig and you're like, mate, (laughs) 
you got money, but like, don't teach me about dieting. No. But that was really empowering to know that meal frequency and even timing to yeah. some extent was one of the less important things. Like, you know, your overall calories are, are what prevails. But yeah, yep. so transitioning from a meal plan to flexible dieting, like you, it took some time to transition into, uh, but I was ready for it. And once I started mm. doing it, I was like, this is so much better. Yeah. It's sort of like your release from the ball of chain. Yeah. And again, meal plans are good for a certain amount of people, but make sure you educate yourself on what to do after the meal plan. Yeah. Like when the meal plan finishes and yeah. to some extent, you're actually, you're, you're on your coach's meal plan, mm. you know, like you're having their Greek yogurt and berries. Like, is that what you want? Mm. And that's what flexible dieting is. It's like, well, you're an adult. You can decide what food sources you want to eat. You're yep. a big girl. And that's something that I like to reinforce with my own clients when they're like, what do I eat? It's like, yep. what do you want to eat? Mm. Let's let's put that in there because mm. that's what you want to eat. That's what you got in the pantry. And that's yep. what, what you like. Yeah. So it's really important when you do receive a dieting method or embark on a new dieting journey, you have to ask yourself, can I do this forever? Mm. If the answer is no, I wouldn't even bother pursuing it because yeah. you're just going to ruin yourself, really. Yeah. Um, get educated. Try until you find what works, kind of like what you did. You tried different things. They served you at the time. And now you've found something you're like, I love this. Mm. And then stick with that and further educate yourself. Yeah. Like Danny said, instead of asking, is this diet going to worse work? Ask yourself, is this diet something I can adhere to for the rest of my life? Yep. Because... I have a different like reference to diet. Like every one of us is on a diet. It's just the collection of foods that we choose to eat. Yep. Whether it's like a, a light ward diet, a fat loss diet, a muscle building diet, whatever mm. it is, it's just a collection of food sources. Yeah, yeah. And most diets do work in a sense because, for example, keto, a lot of people jump on keto and say, yes, it works. But that's because they've cut out a whole freaking food group, which is carbs, mm. meaning overall they are eating less calories than what they used to. Then if you eat less calories, you're going to lose weight. So it's not actually the keto diet is amazing or hail keto. Mm. It is I've actually just eaten less. The end. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's no magic diet. Mm. There's no superfoods that you need to include. There's none of these amazing things it really just comes down to the basics which is energy balance yep absolutely and protein and protein definitely and according to the australian guidelines they're actually a lot lower when you look oh, at the food pyramid crazy. oh it blows my mind but that's what sort of we were taught in schools and everything but everything was low like they were saying hardly to eat any protein and, that, and i don't even know what do you know what it is it's like 0.4 or something like that mm. And like when you look in fitness, they yeah. must have a heart attack at how much protein they think. Because there used to be this conspiracy that it would give you renal failure. Yeah, that's right. Because protein is a large molecule. But now we know and studies show that unless you're going through renal failure yes. or dialysis, it, it's not appropriate at all. And it's nothing to be feared. It's almost like fearing fat. Yeah. You know, we know you don't need to fear it now. But it's just, unfortunately, in medical and health and everything, it's just a bit slower to catch up. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, just always seek second opinions with that kind of thing, whether you're in the fitness industry or not. Mm. Just uh, really take ownership. That's what I've learned recently. Take ownership of your learning and, and who you ask for help. 100%. Definitely. So in terms of how our macros get calculated, uh, I've... I've got a coach who does it for me and so does Sherelle because we're doing it to that level 
um, we want to do it well. Mm. There's no point. I don't want to guess this, these numbers and do all that. I just want someone to help me do it for me so I can learn how to do it. Yes, I know how to do it on my own now, but I'm all about having a coach. Yeah, yeah. Guidance because Guidance. you can always get recommendations and these, like everything we mentioned here today, it's just recommendations. Yeah. But what works best for you and your individual body and case and physiology is unique to you and recommendations are exactly that you need to be able to change and alter them according to what your body's telling you definitely because you need different targets to hit in terms of the protein carbs and fat which which equal your daily calories and that can change a based on your goals b based on what you do on a day-to-day or what you're training there are lots of variables now we're not here to overcomplicate things but i think we want to make it clear that if you are to try flexible dieting yes there are online calculators that help you however it's a lot more than just being given some numbers it's good to have that guidance and accountability from an actual human at the start mm. until you feel comfortable to do it on your own yeah and someone to bounce ideas off because mm. if if you know i said to someone okay 140 protein 200 ca- carbs 70 fats you go what's that even look like yeah you what know is they're that? just numbers and at the end of the day you know the actual adherence and and everything is far more important and the understanding and if you're completely new to this Doing that is unrealistic and just throwing numbers because if you've been eating 40 grams of protein a day, you're not just going to jump up. So context is everything. Yeah, definitely. So we both log our, so we've got our targets for the day. We log it in an app called MyFitnessPal. Now, I remember logging onto MyFitnessPal for the first time, putting in the food, and then it just blows your mind of what's actually in what you're eating. One, two words, peanut butter. Oh, I know how you feel about peanut butter. Guys, I don't eat peanut butter anymore and I was obsessed with it. Holy shit. I remember that time in Queensland when we went on a holiday and then Elise was like, where's my jar of peanut butter? Guilty. Guilty. (laughs) But it's freaking delicious. But a lot, yeah. And there's a reason why. Calorie dense, guys. Like the body is smart. You hungry? It's going to eat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's why it's so good as a educational tool is mm. to say, okay, there's like 2,000 calories in that jar of peanut butter. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot. So, and then you can also, with dieting, it's the same. You can be like, wow, look at these low-carb potatoes yep. in comparison to these normal ones. Mm. I can eat double. Yeah. And then understanding volume and how you can use volume to keep you full. Yeah. So... It is an educational tool. Uh, at the same time, it's very freeing. And I guess yeah. that's why both Danny and I use it for yeah. competing. Uh, there's no need to feel guilty about having some chocolate. Definitely, because if you call, if you think of your numbers as a food budget, and it's kind of like food Tetris as well, all right, what can I fit in to match the numbers? And if you want a little bit of chocolate, you pop it in to MyFitnessPal. It'll come up with the carbs and fats. There's not mm. much protein in chocolate. Um, and then that just comes off your daily budget. You eat it, you enjoy it. Cool. I didn't go over my target. Mm. Yeah. It's understanding that there is no good and bad and that Mm. a lot of people say, oh, well, is this healthy? You know? And it's like, well, what's the numbers? Obviously whole food is best when it comes to, and I think that'll be good to touch on is that 
we probably both have like a flexible dieting versus clean eating style approach. Yeah. So like a lot of the foods that we do eat, like 80% of it probably come from whole foods. Yeah. And that allows us to get all the vitamins and the minerals and the micronutrients that are going to help us train hard and recover well and just be healthy. Yep. Uh, and then we also have like 20% of soul food and, you know, the naughty food that we want that isn't naughty, actually. Sorry, I don't know why I said the that. Stero- yeah, well, we're conditioned, aren't yeah. we? It still just comes out sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. that's where you can have like your cookie and your chocolate and, mm. and not feel guilty at all because it's about balance. Absolutely. And we've mentioned in one of the earlier podcasts that there's no such thing as a good or bad food, just one that you're intolerant to or you don't like the taste. Mm. They're the only two times you should cut it out. If you're intolerant or you just think it tastes like shit, don't eat it. Yeah, exactly. Eat everything else. And I guess we've touched on a lot of the pros of flexible dieting, but Mm. there definitely are a few cons. Yeah. So flexible dieting, it takes effort at the start, as we said, to learn a new skill. So you seek out guidance from a coach, which is very beneficial. However, once you have those numbers, you log it in an app. It all takes sort of time. Now, long term it works, but short term it can be quite overwhelming. And if if you get stressed out by things quite easily or if you have some sort of disordered view on food and everything, logging and noting down each detail might not serve you. Mm. Now, it's good for people like Sherelle and I who love collecting data on ourselves. Mm. Cool, I want to know everything. But sometimes <laughs> if you're a highly anxious person and you haven't harnessed mindfulness and all of that, yeah, it might stress you out at the start. Yeah, if you have um, food insecurities or disorders that have impacted you in the past, uh, flexible dieting and tracking your intake can make those issues a bit worse if, if they haven't been resolved completely. And that's why it's important to have guidance and always seek out help if you feel like that might be you. Yeah, definitely. There's lots of counsellors and I know a lot of counsellors actually uh, give out, it's up to 40 now free sessions on a care plan for people with disordered eating, which is absolutely brilliant. And they push more towards the intuitive eating Mm. style. So mindfulness, being present when you're eating. Um, Mm. Again, I'm not a professional, but this is just what I've heard that they go down that path. So kind of like how we used to eat when we were kids. Yeah, you just Mm. ate and... I always find it um, interesting. So with a baby, uh, you'll never get a baby that is not hungry to drink, to breastfeed or to have, you know. But sometimes what we do is we fill up a bottle and we just like force feed a baby. Mm. But it's amazing that like in nature and in the past and before we become conditioned, because hunger signals can occur from a range of different things. Mm. It's actually not the way that we're sort of supposed to, I guess, be. But one of the other things with flexible dieting is that it's annoying as hell. Like, let's be honest, to log your intake at the start, it's so foreign to pull Mm. out MyFitnessPal and log. And I think it takes like quite a period of time of just doing it and making it a habit to not be put out or feel annoyed by having to do it yeah it's all about how we do anything it's about your mindset around it know that it's serving you make a game out of it because there's a a barcode button that you can click and then you go and scan all the barcodes i remember being in the supermarket being like beep oh this is sick well clearly i've got too much time on freaking hands (laughs) 
But you just people are like, around with what's it. that weird lady doing? Because yeah. you know when you do it and the flashlight comes off? Yeah. Like, oh, God, I'm not taking a yeah. photo. I hate that. Mm, beans. I'm going to take a photo of this. People look yeah. at you like the crazy lady. Yeah, yeah. But something that people can do as well, and I know Luke does, does this from time to time, is we'll just log a, a random day just to see where he's at, roughly. Yeah. And then, like... For people that have a lot of consistency, like Luke's a school teacher, so, you know, he, he eats the same foods. He's a very routine man, and yep. that's fine. So if that's something you like doing, then logging a day and seeing where you're roughly sitting, is a, it's a great way to sort of control your intake and learn a bit more. Yeah, it is that sense of control as well, which is mm. it removes variables. And now as an athlete, particularly to get on stage, we can't have these variables. Yeah. And yes, people are like, oh, I don't track my greens and I don't track my carrots and that, but it still all does add up. Mm. Now, I know this is a little bit, this is from the athlete that's point right. of view. So you've got your general pot people who want to make sure they're either in a deficit, so eating a bit less to lose weight, or actually eating enough, enough protein, enough fats and carbs for functioning. But then on the other scale, and I tap in between the two. So if I'm in a prep, I go, right, I'm tracking everything. Like, I was going to say, I'm going to be real honest here. I don't yeah. track anything green. Yeah. And that's okay. That's why I think I brought it up because I remember you saying that. So it's good that we do have two sides mm-hmm. of it. And, you know, we've both been successful in what we do, yeah. which is awesome. For me, I just I just don't want to have any variables like mm-hmm. that. It prob- It is a little bit more obsessive and I admit that. But I feel like I have a healthy mindset around that. Mm. I'm, I don't fear eating broccoli. I just log it. It's just data for me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like the flexibility comes in all forms, not yep. just the food source. Mm. Um, you know, and someone said something to me like, for example, if you have a tray of like, you know, chicken or something like that, just say it's 500 grams, I normally cook it up and then we'll divide it over four meals and then I sort of think at the end of the week I've actually logged that 500 grams it doesn't matter if one meal had like you know 150 whereas the other meal had a bit less that's sort of my way I just sort of log it all consistently the same by the end of the week it's really the average that matters absolutely and some people like I remember sort of educating a girl about this and she was like but that's not right and it's like well I've been doing it wrong then (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what your right or wrong is at the end of the day the consistency is key so yes. making sure, you know, whatever chicken breast you're using, you're logging the same chicken breast every time and not yeah. using a different brand or things like that or even um, different oils and all that sort of stuff, just logging the same food sources. Yeah, because you can get in your head about it because I remember when I learned that cooking a chicken for longer will change the weight and yeah. then that will change that. And then it just does your head in. Yeah. So be consistently inconsistent, as yeah. you kind of just said. And at the end of the day, it is that weekly total that adds up. But more than that, it's what you do over your lifetime. Yeah. It really doesn't matter to those details because one day you might go and do 20 steps more. But do that's we right. think about all that shit? And that's something that I realized as well with work because some days, mm. like when I'm working, if I did 20,000 steps versus when I've got a day off and I do 10,000 steps, yeah, it's a huge variable. So mm. how can you really you know, weigh them up or compare them. Obviously, if you're tracking your steps, but our body's pretty smart. Oh, yeah. You can't outsmart uh, outsmart physiology. So this is why flexible dieting can be as complex or as, you know, simple as you want. And I think unless you're like an athlete with serious body composition goals or your, you know, sporting performance really is important to you, 
flexible dieting is something that can be used for everyday people. Yep, general population. Like I said, my partner who just tracks a random day and is like, yep, I'm good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just to get a general idea of what you're eating and all of that. And the best part is it still allows you to be social. Yeah. You can pop your alcohol on there and, and yep. work that out or... If you go to Grilled or something, they all have macros now on their website. Even McDonald's bloody does, I but I wouldn't look at those macros. No. Freaking hell. Or actually, go and look at the McDonald's mm. macros next time you try to pop into the drive-thru. Yeah, have a God, think about it's that. an eye-opener. Yeah. Even like a, a grilled chips, it's like more yeah. than the burger. Yeah. It's crazy. If you ever, like in, in America... I swear, like, every chain restaurant you go to, it's got, like, the calories on the menu. Really? It's really good. Like, I feel like they're a bit more above us in terms of fitness and that sort of awareness. Yeah. But um, Cheesecake Factory, oh, my God, some, have you ever been there? Oh, not for a while. It's like it used this, to be my fave. <laughs> it's like this chain franchise in America. It's everywhere. Mm. And it just has the most delicious foods. But their main meals, it's like... 1300 calories do they do meals at the cheesecake factory it's a different one so in america Ah. it's like it's called the cheesecake factory yeah and it's just like this um like amazing franchise place yeah really good but they have all the calories on the menu as well and it wow like Mm. they have a skinny menu as well it's got all the calories on there there but in america a lot of those places are sort of being more open about the calories and stuff and i think we're catching on over here as well it's cool to see yeah yeah and we're we're not here to put you off but we are in a sense because all those little nibbles look it does add up and if people are wondering fuck why is not my body not changing well it's time to really start paying attention to these things Mm. and you'll learn a lot but then you'll also have that sense of control being like well shit I actually know what to do now yeah because for a lot of people they just feel helpless and don't think they don't know how to lose weight and that's when it does people's head in or I don't know how to gain muscle but it's really just we need data yeah what are we doing those licks sucks and bites they all add up and Mm. I'll be really open and honest like I used to do it all the time. Sometimes I still do. Like, yeah. Licks, sucks and bites. I'm you're making Luke's dinner. I'll have a taste of that, taste of that. It looks good. Yeah. And that's okay. The, the most important thing is just being aware of it. Yeah. And I think that's the first thing in, in changing any habit, especially with your nutrition. And that's what flexible dieting reinforces is, okay, you ate that, so you track it. Like yep. be aware of that extra yes. tablespoon of peanut butter and how much that costs you. Yeah. Um, cause like Danny said, it's all a budget. Yeah, it sure is. Now, what I do is I pretty much just copy and paste the same thing every day just because I'm similar to Luke and I don't want to spend too much time and energy um, creating fancy recipes. Um, so yeah, just copy and paste it. If I need higher carbs, for example, on a leg day, I'll just add in more rice and just adjust. So essentially you make your own meal plan. That's exactly what it is. But then if you decide to rent, to go out to dinner and be spontaneous, you can sort of delete out meal six that you've pre-planned and be like, all right, cool. I'm going to go out to the restaurant. I'll get something that mimics very similar to what I would have eaten anyway. And it's awesome. You still, you don't have to compromise your social life and you still get to eat what you want. Yeah. You can mm. save your calories just mm. like a budget. Yeah. You're going out for dinner, just save five, 600 calories. Go yeah. out and have your dinner and do whatever you want. It's, that's the term of being flexible. Yeah, definitely. So it's, as we've mentioned, it's really for general population. It's for athletes. If you like, you just sort of alter what you focus on. So I know I'm more anal with meal timing around comp prep, just because the carbs and food that I do have, I'm going to make sure I eat it around my workout. 
Now, not so much. I'm still pretty good with that, but it's not going to be the end of the world. Mm. And just like anything in your fitness journey, it evolves. So your training evolves. Your nutrition Mm. philosophy and protocols, they all evolve. Um, A lot of the things that Danny and I worry about and stress and log, we wouldn't expect someone who's just learning to track to worry about it. You Mm. know, their main target is the energy balance and hitting their protein. For us, you know, we're looking at things like spacing out our protein across the day and, you know, carb timing and those sorts of things. But it's all in context to what you're doing, where you are and how experienced you are. It's, It's like what I said to you the other day. If you gave me my quotation meal plan Mm. what I eat today when I was 17 there is no way I would have eaten some of those food sources yeah but you just evolve and you change and we're just talking about our changes to um our meat how I was just saying like really I've just eaten fish and a bit of chicken over the last few months and I just don't feel like eating red meat and I just haven't and that's what flexible dieting allows you to do yeah flexible like couldn't if I had a meal plan with steak on it right now I'd be forcing myself to eat it. And I am just yeah. a big believer that you should not be forcing yourself to eat anything because that's how you hate foods. That's how yeah. you like for me, I was just saying to this um to Danny, I grew up eating red meat all mm. the time. Like on the table it was like roast, breakfast, lunch and dinner. Because yeah. I grew up on a farm. And that was great and a lot of people are probably like, Oh, how lucky are you? But all I wanted was a chicken breast. Yeah. And it was just not something that I grew up eating. So now I like I really like chicken and white fish and those sorts of proteins. Yeah, definitely. And doing this method, like even close to the show, a couple weeks out or of the week have a bit of chocolate Mm. who gives a shit tastes freaking good i'll go to sleep happy the end exactly it's mint how how much better do you sleep after a big carb meal oh so good so good just after any meal Mm. (laughs) yeah or your 2 a.m oats oh no (laughs) no i've been good i've been sleeping through because i've actually taken your advice and eaten uh more before I go to bed and, and higher fats as well. Oh, and I've good. found that I have been sleeping through the night better. So thank you. That is such a net win, isn't it? Oh, it's, massive. It's those small things mm. that you can do that you wouldn't be able to do on a meal plan. Yep. You know, you just throw in extra 10 grams of fat. So if that's not what's on the meal plan, you can't really do it. Um, and like we said, the context is king. And for us, it's just what we've evolved into. But yep. really encourage you guys, even if you do have a meal plan, try logging it for a day. Yeah. See what it's at because... I've looked at meal plans uh, online and stuff, and the macros that are in them are actually not correct to the to the meals. Yeah. So having an understanding as well of being able to look at that and going, oh, that doesn't seem quite right. Yep. You know, you can do that, and that's what allows you to read labels effectively as well, and just yes. be able to turn something over and go, oh god, it's only got five grams of protein. That's not right. Or, mm. you know, I've even looked at some mince meats. I'm like, how's it got carbs in it? Oh. concerning and confusing yeah so like you you know you just you become more educated on food sources and what your meal should look like yep definitely educate yourself play around if you do have a meal plan play around with it or if you don't just uh play around with like what luke does daily intake see where you're at if mm. you're happy cool leave it but yeah start educating yourself it's really important yeah and like with him i'll just he'll log for a day and i'll just have a look at it and i'll have a look at the proteins he didn't even look at that looks at the calories but oh, i just look yeah. at the protein i'm like yeah no you're good like you know mm. you just sort of he's like this is what i'd roughly eat and i'm like that's good you're hitting your minimum protein calories are in check that's it. Yeah, yeah. So to recap, I suppose we, we really reiterated that 
there's so many dieting styles out there and at the end of the day it's always going to be about what works for you long term so you have to ask yourself can i do this forever now i know there are some people or a lot of people that say i'm just going to do it for eight weeks i'm just going to do it well why just going to do it for eight weeks just Mm. Start something now that you can do forever because you'll end up in the same loophole. Yeah, Um, exactly. And I think as well, something important on that is identifying what your trigger foods are. mm. So for me, peanut butter was a huge trigger food for me. Mm. I couldn't have it in the house. Mm. I would eat the whole jar. Mm. So eliminating trigger foods and and being more educated about uh, what they are can also be a useful tool in conjunction with flexible dieting. Yeah, because if you want, you can pop a little bit in if you have that control or don't. Mm. It's up to you how you want to go about it. Um, and in terms of your, your low-carb, keto diets and all this, just sort of really explore, okay, why is it actually working? Yep. Is it just because I am eating a bit less? Yes. Um, and things like that. So there's no need to cut out food groups. We just can't stress that enough. Yeah, and I think that's our key message is that mm. all those diets – they really just manipulating energy balance. Yep. So when it comes to low carb and keto, generally they will reduce your appetite slightly. They can make you consume less calories overall. Yep. They make you lose water weight. There's lots of other things that come into the actual weight loss of those yep. diets. And the main overriding important message is that energy balance is king calories are king so understanding why diets work is really empowering yep definitely and when it comes to seeking guidance maybe the best coaches aren't on instagram obviously we are instagram coaches but we're more than instagram coaches we're coaches i just you know resume instagram yeah well it's all of a sudden someone's just popped in online coach on their instagram it's like well hang on a minute guys like come on and But instead of blaming that person, because you have, I always talk to people and they say, oh, I've worked with so-and-so, it didn't help. Well, instead of blaming them, take ownership on you. Did you just sign up with them because they've got a really good ass that they've been posting? Like, do your research too, man. We can't just always blame someone else. Take ownership. And like we always say, you know, when it comes to flexible dieting and anything, any habits that you want to change, we can give the tools, but we can't make you use them. Mm. So we can always give the knowledge and share the knowledge and empower you with the knowledge. But at the end of the day, you have to do the actual task. Yeah. And if you find that you require further help, please always just seek a counsellor. There's actually nothing wrong with that. I feel like all of us would benefit from seeking help, really, or it doesn't even have to be help. Just another way of thinking about why we do things. Yeah, support. We all need support. support. Like everyone has people in their life. Danny supports me. I have other friends and family. So it's okay to reach out to other people and seek that support. Yeah, so always just be in tune with you and where you're at. And what fulfills you in life? Mm. Will going on a diet make you happy? Will it stress you out more? Why are you actually doing these things? Just try and really take ownership and and be more self-aware as well. Mm. And that's the thing, self-awareness about what you're putting in your mouth, how you're speaking to yourself Mm. and what you really want is really what's going to matter most. And we really hope that you got something from this episode. Uh, Obviously, we'll probably speak a bit more about flexible dieting when it comes to comp prep, which is 
Probably yeah. just around the corner. I'm a bit nervous. Oh, we won't be as chilled about it, that's for sure. <laughs> no, eh? no. Yeah. So like we said, with flexible dieting, you can be as basic or as complex as you want. Yeah. And we're excited to dabble into that more complex, nerdy side of what we do during competing. Yeah, definitely. But today it was more just for general pop, a, a brief overview of what it is, why we love it and why we would recommend it to a lot of people to give it a go. So thank you for listening. Thanks again, guys. Be sure to take a screen screenshot of the episode if you've made it this far share it on instagram tag myself tag danielle tag the level up podcast